you're listening to Adulthood Academy. I'm your host, Angela Hatchie. This community is a resource for all those adulthood things many of us were never formally taught. That's all the stuff from learning to handle your finances to navigating different relationships. It's all in here. I've spent years working to figure out adulthood, feeling like I was shooed out into the world wholly underprepared. Since then, I've gotten myself out of debt and prepared myself financially for my future, learned to cook and bake pretty good stuff, and learned to start saying important things out loud in all kinds of relationships. There is far more ahead to learn than there is behind, and that's what I'm here for, to foster this community of perpetual go-getters who are working to fulfill their potential in every facet of life. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get in there. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Adulthood Academy. So excited to have you here. The weather here is beautiful. If you guys don't know, I live in Northern California, um, where we get snow and we have diverse climates up here. We get snow and rain. I think when people think of California, they think like beaches and surfing and all kinds of stuff. Um, There is a lot to California. So I live in the Northern part, kind of in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains. And it's just really beautiful here. And it's a beautiful day. I'm going to go take my dog out for a walk after this. So I hope you guys are enjoying. I know the rest of the country or wherever you're listening from does not have such great weather right now. Um, But I hope you can find something to do inside or outside that makes you happy, brings you some happiness and joy into your life. So let's get into our episode. And I'm sure you've heard the age old adage that renting is just throwing away money. And I'm going to give you an argument in this episode as as to why it might be like advantageous for you to keep renting and to give you some things to have like your ducks in a row before you buy. So if you've never bought a home before and you are saving up money right now or you don't even know where to start, this is a great episode because it will give you some things to have in order before you go to that next step. But first, let's quickly talk about budget intensives. You guys know if you've been listening to the past episodes, I'm opening up two spots this month for budget intensives. And basically it's an amazing way to work together one-on-one and get you like up and going on a budget in a month and get all the support you need. So we'll set up your budget together. I will teach you the principles of how to build wealth and kind of my strategy that I teach everybody that I work with. And then we will also talk about goals. So like your long-term goals, how to factor those into your budget and think long-term and kind of big picture with your budget. Um, And it's been an amazing way for my clients to get up and going on a budget because I know like Usually when you're thinking about putting together a budget for the first time, um, it can be really intimidating and overwhelming to get to that point. So this is kind of cuts through all of that and we just get it together really quickly. So if you want one of those spots, I have two available for March and it's a month of support. So you have Voxer access, which Voxer is basically like, you can text me anytime you need help with anything, send me pictures of your budget and I will help you like get through those roadblocks really quickly. So two spots available for March. If you want one, you can go to angelahatchie.com slash budget intensive, or the link is in the show notes for this episode. So let's get to the myth of is renting really throwing money away. And I think we are currently living in a time where obviously like the mortgage payments and the housing market has gone up so much and also renting has gone up a lot and kind of wages have been stagnated a little bit. And I would be remiss to not mention those things in this episode, but um, we will save that episode for another day because this one is about what to get in order before you're ready to buy your house for the first time and like things to think about if you are currently renting. So my boyfriend and I, uh, Kevin, are currently renting and we live in 
if you're watching this, we live in a very small place. I think it's like less than 600 square feet, 700 square feet, something like that. Um, it's very small, but we've made this commitment because it's very small amount of rent for a very small space. And it gives us the freedom to save for a down payment for our home because we are both committed to putting down as much as we possibly can for our house. And this is the compromise that we're making by paying a very small amount in rent and being able to put away as much as we can, anything extra is going towards buying our first house. So some positives to renting are something like that. Like if it's your in-between, you're renting because it's saving you on costs, um, that's a great thing to do. And I there's no harm in doing that. <laughs> um, another positive to renting, obviously, is there's no maintenance. Like I don't have to, I rake the yard and like do some upkeep. I'm starting a garden also this summer, which I'm really excited about that I wanted to share with you guys. I've never like planted anything before besides herbs. I did an herb garden last year, but I'm really excited to have a like a little garden. We have a couple of garden boxes and I'm going to go get some soil today to get the process started and plant some fresh veggies. Um, but anyway, so maintenance, I don't have to do any maintenance. Um, my boyfriend, Kevin is like handy anyway. So if anything needs like some tightening up around the house, he can just do it himself. But if anything were major to happen, if you were in a renting situation, you just call up your landlord and say, Hey, this happened. I'm not responsible for it. It's your property. So please come and fix it. So that's an amazing positive. If you're not ready to take on that responsibility or that much of a cost, because that is a huge cost of being a homeowner is what about all the maintenance stuff? So that's something to think about. If it's like you're in a renting situation, that's a great positive. Another one is that there's no long-term commitment. So as we all know, commitments for your mortgages are a really long time. It's 30 years. 15 years, but it's like you've decided you're going to put down roots basically. So if you are not in that position yet where you're like, I'm not ready to be here forever for my life and put down roots, then renting again, great option because you can leave whenever you want or whenever your lease is up, but it's not like 10 years, 15 years that you have to stay there. And that kind of ties in with this next one, which is flexibility, which means like you can leave, you can get a job in another state and you're not like, again, tied down by a house that you're like, well, we got to pay you know, our mortgage every month. So we can't leave and just like up and go. And also in terms of cost. So obviously a mortgage, you can refinance and pay a different amount of money. But when you're renting, you can always find a place that's like a little bit more expensive. If you, you got a raise and you're expanding your lifestyle, you can get a place that's nicer that you're going to pay more money for. And you can also downsize and get a smaller place, which is what we did so that we can save our money. So you have flexibility in those terms as well. And you also have no homeowner expenses like property taxes, homeowners insurance, that kind of stuff you don't have to think about. So those are some amazing pros from renting that I think are really important to focus on because it is a myth that renting is just throwing away money because I'm going to give you some reasons like don't get into a, a home buying situation if you're not ready yet. And I think that's really important. So um, I have this little stat for you that I'm going to read um, that says 46% of millennials and 40% of Americans overall said affording a down payment is the biggest financial barrier to home ownership. And the second most cited reason is that Americans overall say that rent is more affordable. So that ties into our like things to get set up before you can afford to put a down payment on your home. Because what I don't want to see happen to people is they're like, okay, it's time to buy a home because renting is wasting money and they don't have an emergency fund set up. And maybe they don't have enough money for all of these other 
fees and costs associated with buying a house and owning a house, right? Like HOA fees, property taxes, homeowner insurance, all of that stuff is tied up into being a homeowner too. With almost 50% of people saying like the thing stopping you from buying a home is the down payment. That's where we need to focus and just making sure that all of your ducks are in a row before you jump to that um, home buying stage. So again, I would said I would be remiss to not mention like how housing prices have gone up in the outrageous amount that people pay for rent as well. I've been watching this guy who does like tours of New York City apartments. It's literally like a hallway with no, the bathroom is like a shared bathroom in the apartment and there's no kitchen. It's like a microwave or toaster oven with a mini fridge and it's like $2,000 a month. It's outrageous, right? So again, I want to say like, I'm not dismissing that as like an actual real problem that is happening right now, but it's a different podcast for a different day. Um, a lot of people who would like to buy um, are stuck renting at super high rates too. So the housing prices have gone up and the rates to rent have gone up really high too. So people are trying to put away whatever they can while they're renting. So it can feel like you're wasting money because if your rental is $2,000 a month and then you go on homes.com or Zillow, like I do like every week, I'm like, I could buy this house in Texas for, you know, $1,200 a month. You're like, well, I could afford that, right? Because if currently you're paying $2,000 a month for a tiny apartment and you're like, well, I could be paying $1,200 a month to own a house. It can kind of feel like you're throwing away the money. So that's what I want to kind of address today is that before because I'm in this position right now, right? Where I have like a good amount saved up for a down payment and I'm paying not very much. I'll just tell you how much I'm paying. Together, Kevin and I pay $1,200 a month. So it's $550, which is amazing, right? Especially in California and where the houses are going like literally like that um, and rental places are going super fast. So we just put up my brother's, he has like a guest house that we helped him renovate um, over this past summer. It was a hell of a job. If you're following me on social media, it was like a nightmare. But anyway, we finished it and he put it up for rent and literally in like a day got, I think it was like 80 requests to come see it and let people were interested. That's how fast places are going up here. So again, we're in this position where I go on homes.com all the time. I'm like, okay, we have an amount of down payment, not as much, not, not as, much as I would like there to be. And we're paying about as much as we could pay to own a house. So it's just about kind of like weighing the pros and cons and deciding like, when is it going to be a good time to buy? What things do we need to get in order before we're ready for that commitment? Like, I would like to know for sure that my business is going to be bringing in like the same amount of income generally every single month before I'm like ready to buy. So it's things like that that we need to think about when we're deciding like, okay, I'm paying X amount of dollars to rent and I could be paying X amount of dollars to buy. Why would I not do that? So that's what we're going to get into next. But before we get into like things to have sorted out before you buy, let's talk about my budget planners. If you need like a tool to get your finances organized, budget planners are chef's kiss. I promise you it's been so amazing using it this past month and just having everything in one place. There's a place for your subscriptions to track your debt, to track your net worth, to set up your monthly budget every month, to look forward to your future income and set up um, sinking funds, like all that bigger stuff that you're going to be saving for. So it's just been an amazing resource. It's undated. It's 12 months long. So you don't have to start for like a new month. 
or you don't have to wait till the beginning of the year to get started on your budget. So if you want one of those, um, it is print on demand. So if you go to my website, angelahatchie.com slash budget planners, you can purchase one on there and then it will print a fresh copy for you and mail it right to you. So you can get one of those on my website or again, the link will be in the show notes for this. So let's get into things I do not recommend when you are going to buy your home. And this is where people get into this sticky situation. And again, I have a great stat for you and I'm going to put the links to these sources like that other quote I quoted earlier and this one as well. Um, so if you want to read more about it, if you're in this stage of home buying, um, these are the things I want people to look out for because so many people get into mortgage and home situations that they really can't afford. And then again, you're finding yourself in hot water because you're like, okay, we didn't a roof on our house. We didn't think about this. We didn't save for it. And now it's going, um, you're taking out another loan to do that thing. Or you get into the situation where you're like, I don't have an emergency fund and I lost my job for six months and I was really banking on getting a raise so that we could afford this house. If you see my cat, if you're watching this, my cat has been in and out of this video. So if you see him in the video, I'm doing my best, but um, this is Rafiki. You can get to know him. He'll be in probably every podcast episode. Um, so this is my little orangey cat, Rafiki. Um, and he, we just got a puppy. We've got a pug puppy. So anytime that our pug puppy, his name is Josie, is away in the living room. <laughs> Rafiki knows it's his time to get some attention. So here we are. I talked about the previous stat I gave was about people having a barrier to putting down a down payment on their house, right? So this next statistic is more than half of Americans, 54%, put 10% or less down on their new home. And one in three of those people, so 36% of those 54%, said they put 5% or less of their mortgage um, payment down, which is crazy, right? So kind of the recommended amount is 10 to 20%. If you put down 20%, then you get to skip what's called PMI, which is an extra monthly payment that you have to make. So if you put down 20%, you get to skip that monthly payment for the whole term of your mortgage, which is amazing. Um, so things I do not recommend is doing that is putting the least amount of money down on your home, which is where people are at right now. And I can understand, like I have empathy for people who are like, I want to buy a house. I want to stop giving my money to a landlord and I'm ready to buy, but they are having trouble saving for a home. Um, I have complete empathy for that. And I understand that the situation is difficult and it requires some understanding. So I, I'm not glazing over those things. I know people can be like, you know, kind of touchy about the subject, but I would not recommend doing that. And I'm not saying like, don't buy a house, don't do this thing because I don't care about you. I'm telling you this because I do care about you because I don't want to see so many people in situations that are going to negatively impact their life. Like if you are signing on to a 30 year mortgage and you're putting the least amount down because you can't afford to do it, but you don't have an emergency fund, but you also don't have a fund for like being a homeowner when stuff goes wrong. I think that that's putting yourself in a sticky situation that eventually is going to implode, honestly, because if you're not prepared to buy a home and you don't have the money saved up for a down payment, it's, can go south really quickly. So I'm saying it because I want you to think about these things before you get into the situation. And I'm in that situation right now, right? Where I'm like, I'm over renting, I'm ready to buy a house and I'm eager to do it, but I wanna make sure that I'm setting myself up. It's a long commitment, as you know, 15 years, 30 years, it's a long-term thing that I wanna be sure that we are ready for. So I don't recommend doing that. The second thing I do not recommend is there are some like programs and loans for first-time home buyers that will give you the money for a down payment. I would say 
on a circumstantial basis, maybe this would be okay. But again, I don't agree with the kind of premise of borrowing the amount of money that you need in order to borrow more money that you need. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I think if you can't save up the money to put down on a house, it's probably not a good indicator that you can afford to be a homeowner. And again, I'm not saying it to be an asshole. I'm saying it because I think that people go this route and they find themselves in trouble. It's like a car loan. They approve people for car loans that have no business having a $40,000 car loan that are making like minimum wage and they can't really afford it. But what is the bank going to do? They're like, I don't care. We'll get our money either way. They don't care about you struggling. I do. So don't put yourself in these situations where you're like, well, I'm not going to save up for, you know, this down payment. I'm just going to get a loan to then get myself another bigger loan. And then you owe even more money. So if you can extend the amount of time that you're saving for it, right? We've been saving for a house for mm, three or four years, I think. And it's been a bitch. Like I'm ready to be done with it. And I'm ready to be a homeowner. As I said, I go on homes.com and Zillow like multiple times a week. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I want this one. Let's pick up and move. Um, but just having the patience of like, I know that we're in it for a long time and I want to save a good amount of money. And I want to have these things lined up so that we're not like screwed later. Uh, down the line. So let's talk about things to have like your ducks in a row before you buy. You need to have a hefty emergency fund. The more I've worked with people and had like an inner look at their finances, the more surprised and kind of shocked I am how many people don't have an emergency fund. So that needs to happen like as soon as possible. And I also know that putting that amount of money into a fund and just like letting it sit there can feel like a waste. So if you have like your emergency fund, which is a lot of money, right? $10,000, $20,000 just sitting in an emergency fund, it can feel like a waste because you're like, that could be my down payment on a house, right? Because usually that would be like a good amount of money to get you started on a down payment. But it needs to happen because what if you get into your house and something goes wrong um, and you don't have an emergency fund to lean back on, you're gonna be in trouble. So that has to happen like 100% of the time. I would, re I would recommend people before you buy a house, you gotta have at least six months of an emergency fund, ideally longer than that. The second would be to be ideally debt-free, which I know, again, is a very hard thing for a lot of people. I know a lot of people are in debt. 80% of Americans are in debt. And I know that it's like in an ideal world, everyone would be debt-free before they buy a home. So I say that as like strive to do that. I don't think it's a requirement because I know um, a lot of people have debt and it's like a normal thing. My kind of like asterisk on this is if you are already having trouble making your debt payments every month and it's already consuming most of your income, it's probably a bad idea to tack on another 200,000, 300,000 debt to the debt you already have because it's not going to make your life any easier to do that. So that's my asterisk on that. You, It's okay to be in debt and be a homeowner. That's totally fine. I'm saying I think we should strive to pay off like our credit cards and anything that's been like hanging over our heads for 10 years, five years before we take on another huge loan that's just going to be added on to that. So if you have questions about that, you guys know how to find me. Ask me your questions. <laughs> I'm happy to answer them for you. Um, my third thing of like ducks to have in a row before you buy is that you've saved up to 10 to 20% for your down payment. This ties into what we talked about earlier is most people are either getting loans, like first time homebuyer loans to even put the down payment, 
or they're putting the least amount possible down. So I always recommend to people save up 10 to 20% for your down payment because it will cancel out that PMI, which is like mortgage mortgage insurance that you don't have to pay every month. So it will save you money there. And also the more money you put down, the less your monthly payment is. So I am, Kevin and I are striving for 20% for a down payment. Ideally, I would like to do like 30, 40, 50%. I want to save as much as I can to put down on our house so that our mortgage every month is lower and I want to be able to pay it off in less than 15 years also. So again, these are things that I'm thinking about because I'm in this process also of like, what do I want to accomplish with my mortgage? How much do I want to put down? Are all my ducks in a row before we do this? The next thing is to make sure that you've calculated the costs of being a homeowner and you know you can afford it. So again, we talked about in the beginning of this episode, some costs associated with being a homeowner that if you are renting right now, you're calling the landlord and you're like, hey, this needs to be fixed. You need, you are going to be responsible for those, hey, you need to be fixed phone calls. It's not going to be your landlord. It's going to be you. And so knowing that you have to be responsible for those um, is also a big deal too. So again, on top of a hefty emergency fund that I talked about, I also personally am planning on having like a home maintenance fund that's separate from my emergency fund that I don't have to take out of like my emergency fund for other stuff, but I will have just like a home contingency fund basically for like the dishwasher is broken. We need a new fridge unexpectedly. The dryer broke down. We need to patch the roof. Like those kind of things that just happen and you have no idea that they're coming. I want to just have like a contingency fund for those things. And that's something that I will be saving for um, probably this year. I will start saving for that also um, before we even buy a home (laughs) because I want to make sure all my ducks are in a row so that it's like, a good investment for myself and for Kevin and for the future. Because it's a big one, right? It's the biggest thing you will buy probably is your home. The next one is to make sure you're ready to set down roots and stay a while. Now, as most of you know, and I think the laws obviously are different in different states and different countries, wherever you're listening to. But for example, in California, if you buy a home, you have to live there for two years before you can rent it out. So make sure you check into those like laws or whatever they are in your state or county or country, wherever you are, about what the rules are for how you can rent out your house, if that's the route you're planning on going, and just starting to think about those things. So again, we haven't decided where we want to live yet again. So we're not quite ready to put down roots yet and kind of commit to being somewhere for at least two years if we're going to rent it out and what are we going to do after that? (laughs) And then also making sure that deciding to move to a different city or a different state to do all of your research on that too. Like, is the city growing? (laughs) What are the average wages there? Are there jobs available there? Like, I know that this seems like really simple, rudimentary advice, but I think all of these things contribute to whether this is an amazing long-term investment for you or whether you're trapped in a 30-year mortgage that you're like trying to get out of as soon as possible. So that's what I don't want to happen for you. Just make sure, right? Do some research on the place you want to move, see what the economy looks like, how much do people get paid, what's the lifestyle like? Those are all important things for that long term of a commitment, right? The next thing is thinking about, do you have stable employment? So I looked about, I talked about this um, a few minutes ago about how I want to be bringing in a consistent X amount of dollars with my business before I'm like, okay, I'm ready to jump into having a mortgage. Because even though I have never missed a rental payment, right? I also am not like on contract for 15 to 30 years for a mortgage. So that's something that I would not be comfortable with until my business is like doing really well, consistent monthly income that I know for sure is happening. I wouldn't be comfortable if I didn't know that was happening to jump into like 
sign my name on the dotted line for 15 years if I don't know for sure. So that's something to think about too. Um, if you are like a part-time worker, if you're like a freelance person, if you're a gig worker, those are all things to take in consideration too of, do I know that this is going to last a long time? What are my plans in the future? Five-year plan, 10-year plan? Do I have an emergency fund? These are all super important things to think about. The next is thinking about your credit score. I don't really ever place a ton of importance on your credit score um, because I think that if you are working towards paying off your debt as best you can and you are saving for the future, your credit score will be about average, right? Um, I never am like, okay, you got to do X, Y, and Z to really boost your credit score because your credit score is just what banks are looking at to see like, is this person a reliable person to loan money to? So yes, it's important in terms of getting a home loan. And that's why I brought it up in this episode. So if you are hoping to buy in the next five years or whatever it is, it would be a good time to start thinking about your credit score because you want your credit score to be higher so that you can get a better interest rate and you can get qualified for loans. So that's something to think about too. If you're like a ways out from buying your home, start keeping track of your credit score and determining how you can get that thing up, whether it's starting to make extra payments to your debt, setting reminders to yourself to pay early or to pay on time, like whatever your um, way to get your credit score up is. And you can look into a ton of resources about how to boost your credit score and like start paying off your debt so that banks know that you're taking out debt and you're also paying it back. So that will 100% be a factor in whether you can get a mortgage, what your interest rate will be, and all of that information. So again, it's just like a little touch point to have in the back of your mind if you're thinking about buying a home in the next few years of like, okay, let me start working on my credit score now. So when the time comes and they run my credit, I'm like proud of that number, right? Um, the next is to calculate your debt to income ratio. This goes kind of hand in hand with your credit score and with the the second point I talked about, which is ideally being debt free. So lenders like to see a debt to income ratio of 36% or lower. The lower that percentage is, the better your chances are of qualifying for a mortgage. So your debt to income ratio is just like, how much debt do you have compared to how much income you have and just turning it into a percentage. So you can calculate that. You can go online and just look up debt to income ratio and do it yourself right now and see like, are you above that benchmark of like 36%? Are you at like 45? Are you at 25? And just seeing where you are on that scale so that if you are like, okay, we want to buy a house in five years, but our debt to income ratio is 48%. What can we do in the next five years to get it down below 36%? And that will be putting together a plan to pay off your debt and get rid of any high interest debt that you may have or loans and starting to get that number lower. So it's all of this like preparation and stuff to have sorted out before you're like, okay, loan person, I'm ready to buy a house. Here's my credit score. I don't have debt anymore. I have a hefty emergency fund saved up. I know I can afford being a homeowner and afford all of the associated costs. I've saved up 20% of my down payment. I have stable employment. I'm ready to put down roots. Like all of these things are amazing and just shows that you are committed to the process and not just like for the lender, like who cares as long as you get like a great interest rate and you get what you want. Um, I'm talking about on your perspective, it feels amazing to have all of these things in a row and to start like checking these things off as you go. You're like, great, saved up my emergency fund. We're one step closer to buying a house. Great. We've saved up 20% ready to buy a house. Great. We've paid off our high interest debt and we're like one step closer to lowering that debt to income ratio. They're all amazing things. And it's just a step-by-step -step process of knowing what needs to happen before you're ready for those things. So again, I want to reiterate, I'm not telling anyone not to buy a home. You can do whatever you want. If you are like, I'm done renting and throwing away money, that's great. I do like 
do what you please. I'm just presenting an argument of like, here's some things that I recommend having in place. Here's some things I would not recommend doing because I don't want to see anybody get into a home situation that they are regretting and they are like, okay, well, we don't have an emergency fund and we need a new roof. And a roof costs a lot of money, like twenty, thirty thousand $30,000. So if you don't have that money saved up, again, you're just setting yourself back further. So start thinking about these things. I started thinking about these like maybe three, four years ago. And I've started like trying to check these things off and get them in order before we're ready to buy. And we're probably still like two to three years away from buying our home um, because I'm trying to get this monthly income sorted out that it's con consistent every month and to like a level that I want it to be before I'm comfortable and figuring out the place to stay. Got to do research on the city, the state we want to move in. We might be moving out of state. So there's a lot of things that we still need to do and decide on. So I want you to start thinking about those things too. And I hope this was really helpful for you guys. If you have more questions about home buying for the first time or any questions about what I mentioned in this episode, feel free to shoot me an email or DM on Instagram. I answer all of my DMs and I'd be happy to um, connect with you and have a conversation over there. And I know a podcast is like a one-way conversation, right? Like I'm just talking into the void and nobody's talking back to me. So <laughs> it can be like a difficult relationship if there's no communication from the other side. Um, so if you have questions about anything, please like let's continue this conversation um, off of the podcast. If you have any questions about this episode, um, feel free to comment. I am posting them on uh, Instagram. And so if you have questions about that specific episode or anything like that, send me a DM or comment on it. You guys know how to find me. I am on there every day, except for the weekends. I have been taking weekends off. So that's been amazing. <laughs> um, so let me know what questions you have and how I can help you with this process. I only want to see you thrive and have a really successful home buying experience. So send me any questions. I hope you're having an amazing day. And to close out this episode, I wanted to again mention my done for you budgeting service. It's going to be an amazing thing. And people who are really wealthy have a lot of options available to them. Like there are wealth managers, there are financial advisors, and they have a lot of kind of options available. Um, there's nothing really like this for just regular people who are like, I need to just pay off debt and start saving for things, get my budget set up. And so that's why I developed this done for you personal budget manager, and I will do everything for you. So I will set up your budget for you. I'll close it out. I will help you set goals and save for all the things that you need to save for. We'll talk about what's coming up in the next five years, the next 10 years so that you can start preparing for it now. Like home buying, for example, if you're planning on buying a house, we can hash out some details and figure out how much every month you can put towards saving for a down payment or saving for your emergency fund before you get that going and just get all of your goals kind of like aligned with your big picture. So um, if you're interested in that, I'm only going to be taking five um, ongoing clients for the time being. Um, as I grow and expand, we will talk about it then. So I'm going to be taking five people on kind of like a rolling basis. So if you're interested, go ahead and head to my website and just go to the work with me tab and you can find all of the information there and pricing. And I have like tiers of service as well. So go ahead and check that out. I would love to work with you in that capacity. And thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here and having this conversation with me. I'd love to connect with you on social media. And I'm going to put all the links for everything I talked about in the show notes. And also I have a blog post for every episode. So everything that I mentioned, all of the action items for every episode, anything I described a link to will be in the show notes on my website as well. And in the description, if you're listening like on Apple Podcasts, if you just click on the show description, it will all be there too. And I'll put the sources as well that I talked about from the quotes um, that I mentioned here as well. So I hope you're having an amazing day and an amazing weekend planned. Hope you get to go out and get some sunshine or do something that you enjoy. And I'm going to go take my little pug dog for a walk. But thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next episode.